these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. All right, I need your help here, Kyle. How are we supposed to feel about that game last night? Because on one hand, on one hand, and, and we'll read the Chris Finch quote via Alan Horton here too, the Timberwolves playing the 16th game of their 16-game stretch against exclusively playoff teams on the back end of a back-to-back against the best team in the NBA, traveling same day because of weather issues, no Mike Conley, no Rudy Gobert. All of those things. And the Wolves took the Celtics to overtime and almost beat them. On the flip side, they had a nine-point lead with three minutes to go and a lead in overtime, and they just sort of pissed it away. So how how are we supposed to feel about that game last night? Last night was so great. It was a, it was a throwback to... They, uh, they entered the game, right? There's no Mike Conley. There's no Rudy Gobert. We haven't recorded since the Wolves beat the Magic by a gajillion in yeah. Orlando, <clears throat> get stuck in Orlando because of weather, fly in the day of, they don't play Mike Conley for rest, they give Rudy Gobert a chance to sit with a hip thing. Uh, but yesterday felt like old-school Timberwolves because they're down a bunch of talent, they're 10.5-point underdogs against a good team, expectations have never been lower. So you're thinking like, okay, whatever, just don't get hurt. Like that's all that matters is like, let's not get embarrassed. Or let's not get made fun of. And then they're up nine with 230 left in the fourth quarter against a team that hasn't lost at home all year. The best team in the East, probably just the best team in the league right now. And then, yeah, then they kind of pissed it down their leg. But I, I came out of that with like a lot of different thoughts and we can get into them, but I was just really proud. I thought it was cool to watch them fight on the last day. You do see teams in all sports just kind of bail on the last game of a long road trip. This wasn't a long road trip, but it was, you know, the 16th game of this 16-game stretch that we've been talking about for now almost a month. They finished it at 9-7, and seven and uh, just one shameless plug, but Dane Moore and I recorded earlier today. Dane was on the road in Dallas. He was in Orlando. He was in da- uh, Boston last night, and the big takeaway from me, from him being there, was that none of the players after the game and you'll love this, mentioned anything about flying in day of. Nothing about being shorthanded. I kind of called it a culture loss instead of a moral victory because they grinded. I mean, they went toe-to-toe. Obviously, Boston didn't have Porzingis, but the Wolves, I thought, were really impressive. Clearly have some issues offensively and late-game execution, especially with the the timeline of the young guys, including Ant and Jaden that we can get into, but... It just felt good, man. I, I told you, we, we're friends, we text. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to tweet anymore. I sent like 300 last night. It was just old school Minnesota Timberwolves feelings and vibes, and I'm back. Well, I, so I have I do have some thoughts on how they lost the game, which, you know, and you can slap me upside the head if you want to, <laughs> but uh, our friend Alan Horton, who has been the longtime voice of the Wolves radio network, and, and he quoted Chris Finch from his radio pregame show, This is before the game. Chris Finch said, I'll challenge the team right off the bat. The first thing I'll say to them is it's a ready-made excuse if you want to take it. It's there for you. People will understand it if you lose this game. But my challenge to you is not to take it. Show the character that you have inside yourself. Let's go out there. Let's be the best version that we can be and give ourselves a chance to win this game. And I can hear like the Rocky music slowly fading up in the background right now. One of my favorite all-time movies is Rocky 2. Rocky yep. 4 is my all-time favorite movie, but Rocky 2 is in the mix. 
And there's a scene in Rocky. Are you a Rocky guy at all, Kyle? Big Rocky guy. Last, okay. I went to Philly for the first time a year ago, and I ran up the steps, embarrassed all my friends and family. But oh, love I did it. that big, two years ago. It's great. Big Rocky moment. Just hands up in the air. So, okay, a couple of Rocky guys here, right? And in Rocky Two. There's a scene where, you know, Rocky's got this big rematch schedule with Apollo Creed, but his wife, Adrian, is in the hospital after giving birth to their first child, and she's in a coma. And and Rocky's kind of like, I don't even know. I don't know if I should even uh, I don't know. I can't do the Stallone voice. It's pretty good, though. But, like, he he's, like, ready to use it as a viable excuse to not mm-hmm. do the fight because my mm-hmm. wife's in a coma. And so, uh, so Adrian pulls him in close after she wakes up from the coma and the fight's like in a few weeks and she goes, Rocky, come here. There's just, he, he's like, I can, st- I can stop with this fighting stuff. I don't, I don't need, I don't need to win this game against Boston. Right. We can just, we're, we're good. Right. We're, we're nine and six on this road, on this, uh, this stretch. And Adrian pulls Rocky in close and says, there's just one thing I want you to do. What's that? Win. <laughs> Dung, and the bells go off. Goosebumps. Win. And then Mick the trainer, oh, what are we waiting for? And then it goes into the montage. And my my comparison here is it would be like if at the end of Rocky 2, fired up, training scene, let's not use it as an excuse. Let's go win this fight we're not supposed to. And Rocky climbs up to his feet, beating the 10 count before Apollo Creed can to win his first championship. It would be like if Rocky reached for the top rope and then, like, broke his ankle and then, like, fell out of the ring and knocked himself unconscious while Apollo Creed stood up at the end and won the fight. Like, dude, they should have won that game is where I'm at right now. And you and can fight me no, on that. No, 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 no. And we can get into that. Yeah, Rocky 7, uh, when Rocky might not be able to fight because his charter Delta flight had to leave the morning of and not the night before. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I, I can take this anywhere you want. Again, I think it's important to say that they did just finally survive this gauntlet of a schedule that we've been talking about, 9 and yeah. 7. At the beginning of the storm, a lot of it was just, can they, you and I said it specifically, if they could just go 8 and 8, there's a good chance they'd still be in first place in the Western Conference. It is lunchtime on the 11th of January. They are first place in the Western Conference. I think it's like 50-some days. Uh, but I, I'm willing, I can sense it in our friendship. I'm willing to let you steer this, and then I might just go full Rocky and start punching, but uh, you go anywhere you want. I think, okay, here's where I'm at with this. All right. Overall, awesome, awesome culture performance last night. The fact that they can can come in short-staffed, short-rest, everything against the best team in the league, I love it. I love Mm -hmm. the guys who are out there. Like Nas Reed's playing 40 minutes. Anthony Edwards is playing 46 minutes. Nikhil's out there for 40 like, that's what the Miami Heat have done for 20 years. Like, yep. the Miami Heat have also had LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler, but they oftentimes also have undrafted dudes and backups and guys are injured, and they just sort of find a way to stay competitive and win games. And that's what I would like Wolves culture to be, which is, yeah, just find a way. Be competitive. Be a team that even if you're down a couple players, nobody wants to face. So big picture, love it. That was awesome. In the micro, the Dallas game a couple games ago, this game against the Celtics, they go away from the thing that got them to that lead in the first place. And Anthony Edwards, and it's, it's hard. It's like Anthony Edwards is only 22 years old. I get that there's a learning curve. And he is a huge reason why they even have big leads or leads on the road against good teams, right? But why are we reverting into this dumb isolation stuff? What The turnovers, the bad shots, the lack of ball movement, all of the stuff that built that nine point lead with two and a half or three minutes to go gets flushed for hero ball. 
And it's just something that you hope gets fixed soon. And I get we're talking about a young dude and and he is the best player on the team in terms of just like getting a bucket. But it drove me nuts. Like the mature thing to do in that spot would have been don't blow a nine point lead and just win that game in regulation. And so I'm, I'm torn between, wow, the fact that they were in it is a great sign, big picture. But also, why are you reverting back to these bad habits in these key moments? So I'm kind of torn, Kyle. I don't think it. I don't think we need to necessarily on a hot mic tell each other, <clears throat> tell the listeners how old we are specifically or our birth dates. But I will just say at 35, I still <laughs> overconsume alcohol and occasionally look at my phone when the car is moving, and I shouldn't. Uh, and I'm in my 30s, and I shouldn't do that. But I'm trying to learn. Uh, I also, and that ties into 22 year old Anthony Edwards, 23 year old Jane McDaniels. I also, every time I champion or celebrate a Timberwolves regular season victory. They had a seven-game win streak. I was pretty amped. I have been told many times, don't care, do it in the playoffs. So I just want to say that when they lose one of those games, don't really care. Let's see that happen in the playoffs. Because, and I'm not pushing back at you, but this this idea of, you know, I understand that Ant's 22 and there's growing pains. Do you? Do the people people that say that, do, do you understand, like, that when you, when Chet Holmgren was 5'10 and then became 6'10, he had growing pains and woke up and his back hurt and his legs hurt. Do you understand the middle part of that Oreo? Uh, Anthony Edwards lost in the game last night. He had five turnovers. Every other player that played for Minnesota combined for four. Carlton Towns was awesome again. He is oh. having an incredible January. Kyle Anderson was great last night. If, if we're going to use the first Celtics matchup as the low point for Carlton Towns, strong argument to make that last night's Celtics game was the high point for Carl this season. Obviously, no Rudy, but he was fantastic. He was fantastic in the Magic game. They did blow them out. I don't think we have to go too much into that. But I'm just trying to provide kind of a devil's advocate here because, again, I and this is the Rudy Gobert discussion, ironically, even though he sat in a tracksuit last night. You make that move thinking that the young guys are ready for these moments. And Dane and I went back and forth today. I was saying that when Shea Gildress-Alexander was 22, I think the Thunder went like 20 and 62. Uh now, Shea had a longer runway to figure this stuff out. They weren't trying to compete. That's not what the Wolves are doing. The Wolves need Ant to be better in those moments. Yeah. He had one bad shot after another late in the game. They don't get Carl involved. I don't know if he took a shot in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, Jaden falls out on that sixth foul, which was an Ant turnover that led to transition. Jaden grabs Tatum. He's out now. Uh, but I just keep coming back to we all use sports as, as an escape and as a distraction, but there's a lot of similarities in how organizations run to the, your job, to score north, to where I work. Uh, and no one has ever made gains in their lives or growth without adversity. So last year, throughout 82 games, Anthony Edwards never had a moment where he drove to the middle of the lane, got two defenders in the air like he did against Golden State, and kicked it to Mike Conley in the corner for three. Never did that before. That's growth. Last night, step back. So... I'm just of the nature that I like watching these guys struggle because it's where you learn the most about them. I didn't learn much about them against Orlando because Orlando had eight, nine guys on their injury report. I learned a lot about them last night. I thought they fought hard. It's not an excuse. Age is a statistic. It's not an excuse. Age, like I am what I am. It is on my birth certificate. So I don't know if I went back at you specifically. I'm down to, and again, I thought Jaden had six points. And everyone is now once again being like, we got to trade him. He's not worth his value. He's making $3.9 million. So that's a bad take by you, the, whoever's saying that. And also, he was awesome against the Magic. He was awesome. Like, 
you got to let these guys ebb and flow a little bit and kind of get their stumbling on. But also you can just say that they lost the game last night. Jaden and Ant, those two guys had more negative plays late in the game, just like they did in Dallas, and it hurt them. But I'm not concerned about it on January 10th. Show it to me on April 10th, May 10th, whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fair. I think I think there's room for this is this is the other thing too. We I feel like 2023, 2024, whether it's sports or your political debates or could be pop culture <laughs> things. Yeah. There's there's very little tolerance for gray area. It's either this or that. You're either you're either this way politically or you're that way. You're either a Kirk hater or you're a Kirk crusader or you're you know, it's and in the Anthony Edwards case, he's either worthless, you know, at the end of the, the game, he blew the game and therefore he's never going to amount to what you thought in his career at any point. <laughs> I feel like like we take every discussion so far and and I would just like I would like to just state as plain as I can that I am firmly planted in the gray, as I have sort of yeah. said off yeah, that yeah. game last night, which is. I'm, and, I, and I'm thinking back to even Kevin Garnett and and some of the other stars of just my basketball fandom. You don't see these guys really peak until they're like 25 through 29 years old. I mean, Ke- uh-huh. Kevin Garnett's MVP season was like his eighth year in the league. I would argue he actually should have won the MVP the year before as well, but the league had a Tim Duncan. Uh, the Wolves needed to go a little probably deeper yeah. in the playoffs in the previous few years to get more uh, spotlight on KG. But But I digress. I think there's room for, boy, it's probably going to be another four years until Anthony Edwards is a fully realized version of whatever he's going to become on the basketball court. And while we're waiting for that to happen, situations like last night can drive you a little crazy. Yep. So can you, can you, can you balance like really having a bad taste in your mouth and wanting him to be better in those situations and play smarter and learn faster with, it's probably going to be like four years until we actually get all those things to be fully realized. And I said this earlier, but the irony of last night, this happening against the Celtics, isn't that they're undefeated at home or that they're the best team in the league. It's that they are built around a wing duo who is now in that 25 to 28 year window in Brown and Tatum, who combined for 80 points last night and were the two best players on the court. Uh, that's what you hope Anthony Edwards and Jane McDaniels can get to. But they are 22 and 23. Very few players have peaked or are in their prime at 22 and 23. So I'm like kind of building in an excuse or trying to provide context. But the pushback to that is that Tatum and Brown, Shea, all these other guys, they weren't really expected to have to mature at that rapid rate because they didn't have a push your chips in the middle type deal at the time. The Thunder weren't trying to win. The Wolves are trying to win today. They have tried to forcefully open a window of contention with the Gobert trade. So, you know, a night like last night is, will Ant learn from that? I mean, they're starting to, it's obviously a sign of respect, but they just throw doubles at him now. Yeah. Not even in the pick and roll. It's just like, as soon as he crosses half court, they're like, we are going to put two on you. We will give you the option of a four on three power play if you get off the ball. But they hear the same quotes that we hear after games when Ant's like, I left, I bullets in the chamber. I'm going to shoot it when I get it. Uh, and that is part of the learning curve. And again, maybe it just boils down to I love the learning curve stuff. I just love watching these players grow. Yeah. We have been covering this team for every day since Ant got here during COVID in 2020. And I like watching the moments where he 
It's like, oh my God, he never did that before and now he did it. And then last night, it's like, oh my God, he did that again. Will he ever break that bad habit? So it's very interesting. It's what I love about sports. I love adversity. Uh, 82 games is way too much. So it's like, what am I going to do? Just only cheer for wins and get pissed off during losses. I like watching... You're a, ma- you're a you're a wolves masochist. You love you kind of love that they lost that game last night. Deep down, don't no, you? I had some bangers lined up. <laughs> uh, I definitely was going to tweet at Bill Simmons, uh, but I Bill I Simmons hadn't. called it the best. Apparently, I didn't see the tweet, but Judd told me that Bill <clears throat> Simmons called it the Celtics' best win of the year. Which, by the way, like that's insane respect to the Timberwolves. I think he meant more like the down by nine with only three mm-hmm. minutes to go thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know beating a super shorthanded team on the back end of a back to back traveling the same day but and yeah and so yeah I, I don't know what else to say on that that you know if you look at the box score which i think it's a, a pretty fair box score to look at this time you can see who balled out nas reed was great uh kyle oh, anderson yeah. was great again there will be a conundrum with him until the trade deadline because last night with no rudy gobert kyle's really good at the four he's really good alongside one big he is and if you give it showed you too like when you give nas minutes when you give nas mm-hmm, the 30 mm-hmm. or 35 minutes like he produces. He's efficient. He can he can put up the eighteen and nine and knock down threes too. But you're, you're not going to find him. By the way, uh, maybe Chris Finch can get the closing word on this. I'm going to read you from from Dane Moore, who you mentioned. Dane was out there covering the game, and uh, this is what Chris Finch said: uh, the, the the Wolves just had too many mental errors. And on Anthony Edwards specifically, he said, "I think Ant had four turnovers in the closing stretch. Too much ISO. Too much ISO against a really good defense. We built a lead, and we were for the most part through the entire game." playing with good movement, moving the ball. Kyle Anderson was a really good during that stretch. Again, we just got too stagnant. This is all part of the growth curve for Anthony, all part of learning. I think you can't be wired to try and score in these moments always. you got to be wired to make the right play. And sometimes the right play is scoring. And sometimes the right play is is passing, and he's still trying to figure that out. You know they're going to load up against you. You can't bleed the clock unnecessarily because when they do come and trap you, we need time at the end of the shot clock to move the ball. These are all things we're harping on. That's the thing too. Like th- that is that is a habit that that's a really easy one to fix. That okay, if you're if you're going to go into sort of iso ball, do it before you bleed 13, 14 seconds off the shot clock because okay, now they're trapping you and there's six seconds left. And now it's like, okay, you make the first pass, there's not an open shot, and now you're now you're in panic zone. But all part of the journey. All part of the journey. And through it all, by the way, as we said 16 games ago, we said if they win eight games, nine would be great. If they can just go eight and eight, they will probably still be in first place in the Western Conference. Yes, it'll feel a little bit like they've stagnated and, and plateaued because they won't have, you know, carried over like the 18 and four hot start but dude they are still in first place after going nine and seven over that 16 game stretch charles barkley said he didn't believe in the wolves after they lost their first two games in a row for the first time all season uh and then the oklahoma city thunder went out and lost to the hawks and the nets in (laughs) back-to-back games the denver nuggets last night lost by 20 plus uh to the utah jazz who are not in the playoff race right now uh and again some people don't love the comparison thing that's how i live my life i compare myself to everything because that's kind of benchmarks and metrics and all that stuff. That's how it works. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't think Ant was great. Uh, it's another reason what you just said, the Dane quote or the Dane tweet and the Chris Finch quote is why I love Finch because he just, as long as he's employed as the head decision maker for this team, he just doesn't let those guys really get away with any BS or get too hot headed or whatever. Uh, and a lot of times his 
post-game stuff. Uh, you can always find his post-game interviews on the Valley Twitter account when they're not tweeting about how bad the app is. Uh, just basically saying what should be said. And last night it was awesome. He's like, hey, Ant is just... I think the Wolves had five turnovers in the first three quarters of the team. And then Ant had four in the fourth quarter in overtime. So I, yeah, whatever. Narcissist, loser, bleephole, uh, masochist, whatever. That's, yeah, I embrace them all. But I took last night as a team that, to the top of the show, could have just said, hey, our Delta flight landed four hours ago. We're tired. We don't have the big guy. We don't have our designated driver. Let's just mail this in. And they fought so hard that they gave the best team in the league their best win in the season. So, yeah. so here, here's the upcoming schedule now because we've oh talked so much about that 16-game <laughs> stretch. Hopefully they're not viewing it the way we are, which is, oh, that's the end of the 16-game yep. stretch. And, oh, finally we get Portland at home on Friday and then Portland punches you. But you do get Portland at home on Friday. You get the Clippers who've been revitalized the last month or so after kind of figuring out how to play those superstars together. That's a home game on Sunday. Then you play at Detroit. I think they still have only three wins. Let's see here. Three it's and 35. Scariest game on the schedule. It is. I, I'm not going to watch the Pistons game. I'm frightened. But then it's home against, and this is a TNT game too, by the way, this home against Memphis on Thursday next week, a week from today, without John Morant, obviously, which a Memphis team without John Morant is one of the five or six worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So you're you're going to wind up here in three of your next, what, four games? Three of your next, uh, yeah, three of your next four games are against teams gunning for the number one overall pick. So this should be, and then you get Charlotte and Washington and Brooklyn and San Antonio kind of in between games against Oklahoma City. So just don't fall into the same trap that last year's team did. Last year's team was really bad against below 500 teams. If you can take biz, uh, take care of business, you're going to probably expand your lead in the Western Conference at the top with your schedule coming up. We'll see. And then, of course, if you can beat Oklahoma City in a couple of those games, you're going to expand it even more because they're the team that's right behind you, chasing you. Yeah, it's a deep breath moment to end this 16-game, I think Chris Hine of the Star Tribune called it a death march. But it doesn't. it's just one end of a chapter, and now the new chapter is comparing this year's team to last year's team because last year's team was historically bad and the worst in the league against these bad teams. Mm-hmm. And it's what kind of doomed them and forced them to be in the plan again. So have they learned, you know, like Ant, does Ant learn his lesson in late game execution? Uh, does this team learn their lesson about when an easy team comes to town? It's only easy by what the record is. They still roster eight, nine, 10 guys that are trying to make a point and prove something and probably hate losing just as much, if not more than you do. So it doesn't get any easier despite I believe they have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the entire league based on like real metrics and real GM or something online. So yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, I thought last night's game was fun. I thought the magic game was really fun too. Uh, That was just a real start to finish kind of just knockdown. They look great. Carl looked great. So do you have anything else on last night's game? I have a random topic, but do you want anything from last night? I don't, I think the only thing, the only other thing from last night's game is Somehow, some way, with all the circumstances we have just rattled off, where you're shorthanded, you're already kind of like a player short, and then you take two players out of the rotation and and rest them for just rest and injury purposes. And then you play overtime. So there's all these available minutes, right? And somehow, some way, we still barely got to look at Shake Milton or Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> or like yeah. Josh Minot couldn't get in. 
So it's it is kind of amazing how Finch is really only trusting of like a select large handful of players on this team, even with the circumstance. Like last night actually would have been a great night not to just punt, but to say, you know what? Let's try Josh Minot for like 12 minutes tonight and just see. Let's uh, let's throw um, Shake Milton out there for 20 minutes. Let's start Shake Milton. And just like like to do something crazy and expand the rotation, and and he didn't. And I mean, by not doing that, they were set up to win the game. <laughs> so right, he knows he knows what he's looking at, obviously. And I'm guilty of that more than anyone because I've been clamoring for Finch to let some of the young guys out of the doghouse and play. But I also have to have some self awareness that then that flies in the face of what Chris Finch told Alan Horton, right? I mean, that's like if Rocky sent a proxy to fight for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, well, Chris Finch wanted to still instill this message and this culture into his Mm -hmm. team of like, we don't care who is available. It kind of stems back to when Nas and Jaden were out of the playoff. I was like, I do not care that we're playing the one seed without two of our top six guys. You can make an excuse and look like a bum, but I'm not going to like, well, I'm going to fight. I think that's what he did last night. You call me a bum? (laughs) So I learned my lesson. I know that the young guys, the next time I'll see them is in Vegas this July. uh, And that's fine. I'm kind of warming to that idea now that they'll get their play when they're forced to finally get minutes. But yeah, I thought they looked really good last night. I thought Nikhil was awesome. It was like the first time Anthony Edwards that I can remember started alongside a point guard who's not like a traditional, traditional point guard. Yeah. And that might've tied into some of his poor decision-making, but he's, he showed up to battle every day against with Mike Conley, D'Lo, Papev, Ricky Ruby, all those guys. So uh, a learning lesson. I don't, I don't want that to get lost in the sauce here that like, yep, they choked. And they were up nine with three left. They were up seven after that weird review with Drew Holiday and then a weird call. I'm not officiating is what it is. I will say there was a double foul called in that game for those that watched. Never seen that before. I think we can say that the officiating has hit a rock bottom when they just say, hey, literally on the call, Jim kind of dug out the end. They go, neither official wanted to cede ground on their stance. So they just called two fouls. It's like, holy bleep. (laughs) Never seen that before. But uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they rec- recover now because they're home. They have more home games. They do a lot of back-to-backs coming up. But uh, it gets easier. Will the Wolves make it harder on themselves? Or will they finally learn a lesson? Yeah. Okay, let's get to uh, your, your random topic here. Kyle's random topic of the show. Uh, so the Wolves blow out the magic uh, the other night. And I thought Jim Peterson and Marnie Gellner did an amazing job. I texted Jim. I was like, hey, tell Marnie she's fantastic. They did a great job holding it down. And after the Wolves won by a kajillion, flipping through the channels, get to NBA TV, I think I'm watching Mavs Grizzlies. Yeah. And I hear a familiar voice. It is our friend, friend of the show, Michael Grady, calling the NBA TV game with, I think, Brendan Haywood and a couple other guys. And I am just simply saying, and he might be listening, he is a fan of our show, we can't let Michael Grady become the next Kevin Harlan. What? No. No, no, wait. No. We can't lose him. We can't lose Michael Grady. I want I want the most success for him. Brooklyn's finest. I want every good thing to happen to that man. He's one of the nicest people on earth. But listening to I how think good... he would fight you on this. Wait, he, so he, he might I'm, be able to put an extra comma or two in uh, his I will, net worth. But I will raise money. I will crowdsource. I think Michael Grady adds to my Timberwolves experience as much as anyone. I mean, Jim is obviously a legend, but... Yeah. I, I've listened, I'll just listen to like when Grady tweets it out or whatever. It's like, hey, I'm calling San Jose State College football on a Saturday, like two months ago. I watched that whole game. 
I don't know Tash. who's on the team. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just he is so good. It is a testament to his work ethic and his skill and all that stuff. But it made me sad because I was like, listen, Kevin Harlan was a legend. And he still did Wolf stuff as he went to TNT. And again, I hope Michael Grady becomes president. But it made me sad, man. It made me sad because I was like, that guy is so good at this. And someone higher up is going to add a comma to his net worth. And I will be happy for him. But I will also cry. You know, I uh, well, I echo your sentiment in terms of I love I love Michael Grady. I think he's I think he's been doing an amazing job. It feels like he's he's really fit in with Wolves fans. And sometimes yep. Yep. sometimes Minnesotans can be a little bit tough to crack in terms of outsiders coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not you weren't you're not born here. You didn't go through all the trials and tribulations yep. as a sports fan. And so it, it does take a certain type of personality and a certain warmth to come in and just kind of crack that open. And I I do think both on TV, behind the scenes, that Michael Grady has done that seamlessly. And and he's excellent just at his craft. On the Kevin Harlan front, man, I grew up, you grew up, I mean, literally, like, Kevin Harlan was my childhood. Calling googly-oogly-oogly, baby! Like, all those crazy games when they were losing in the the mid-90s. What makes me sad for Kevin Harlan... He's 63 years old. I just Googled it. He's born in 1960, June 21st, 1960. Because he's been sitting behind Jim Nance mm, on the football mm-hmm. side on CBS <clears throat> and on the basketball side, you know, ESPN, ABC, which Harlan works for uh, the Turner Network and CBS. You've got, you've got Mike Breen for the last 15, 20 years calling finals games. Based on Kevin Harlan's age, I want to see my 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 point is I want to see Kevin Harlan in the top slot. I want to yeah. see him calling a Super Bowl. I want to see him calling the main game with like a Tony Romo. I want to see him calling the NBA Finals. But he's always he's been stuck early in his career. He was stuck behind like Marv Albert on mm-hmm. TNT. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that if he was ten years younger, I think you'd say, oh, he's taken. He'll be taking over for Jim Nance over here, number one. And then whenever Mike Breen fades off into the into the sunset, then maybe he can contractually slip over there. Uh, so uh, I don't want to take national opportunities away from no, Michael Grady like I. you do. You're trying to you, <laughs> stop. Yeah, you're trying to submarine his career here. I think Michael Grady is going to call an NBA Finals. Like that's just like real legitimate. I think at one point he's young. Like yeah, at one point a, he will call yeah, in a few months. Ah, hey now. Uh, and again, although we don't get the, we don't get the Bally's broadcast of the NBA Finals, right? By then it would just be a national broadcast. No, they'll just tweet out right before tip off that oh we are aware that the stream for the app is not working. Uh, no, but to, to the Grady thing too. In case you don't know, and again, it really just feel I can't express enough. I'm on a high. They beat the Magic. I turn to NBA TV. Desmond Bain catches the ball in the corner, hits a three, and then Grady just goes cat. I was just like, ah, that's our cat. Little jealous. That's ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's just that. jealousy, but uh, and and if nothing else, maybe it's like a analogy to this team that choked last night just straight up choked but is off to the best start in 35 years it's just another kind of be where your feet are moment and embrace even if you were frustrated last night frustrated today you're frustrated with Annie, frustrated jane whatever embrace it and enjoy it because just like all those historic years where the wolves were 26 and 60 or whatever uh if you've never listened to a golden state warriors game you don't know how good jim and grady or jim and uh, Michael Grady are like we know they're good but you yeah. go listen to the Warriors you listen to the Hornets listen to some other teams it's terrible it is absolutely terrible it is homerism there's no advanced stats there's no like it's it's really bad so Wolves fans myself included have it great I think Michael Grady is the best of the best as is Jim as is Marnie um, but I found myself being sad that night 
We're you gonna... know, Rob, producer Ross has a great idea here just in our little group chat. Oh, yeah. What like if we this. pull a soccer move and only loan out Grady? So, like, we could, like, loan him to TNT for... And well, that's dude, how... Mike, Mike, Breen, Mike Breen calls Knicks games, right? Yep. Or Nets. Is it Nets No, I think Knicks games. That would be... Ross, that's brilliant. If they loan out Michael Grady, that's how they could pay for the second apron. There Just you go. like have extra money. There we go. We it's did it. Great. Alex Rodriguez, yeah. if you're listening, this is how we're going to pay for the new stadium. So Mike, Michael can do, he can do CBS football or yep. Fox football Sundays. And then he can do, he can do, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of the TNT situation now, but he could do like TNT. I mean, he's already doing NBA TV. Yeah. We could find like three or four national gigs. Corey Provis, by the way, is the, is the voice of the twins. Now TV starting this year, voice of twins TV. Cause Dick Bramer retired. And then he also does. He's like one of the lead Big Ten Network voices for football and and for college basketball. So you can, you know, you can. And I, if you go to ball. Kevin Harlan's Wikipedia page, which is something I did on That's the clock my yesterday, page, actually, <laughs> uh, off the record, uh, I do think his time with the Wolves was like eight or nine years. But during that time, he signed with TNT. So that's actually doing, a great. He was doing. He was he was doing like football games. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Or no, I think wasn't he calling Chiefs football? Probably. And Wolves can, basketball. That man could just time? call me taking a nap. Uh, Kevin Harlan, Mike Breen, maybe Michael Grady is the next in that lineage of doing it locally, but also doing it nationally. And again, this is all just a compliment to someone who is really good at their craft. But yeah. uh, whatever whatever I can do as a pawn and a weirdo and all this to keep Michael Grady around, I will raise money. I will pull strings. I will call people. But uh, hey, I've told you my Kevin Harlan, my one of my best friends ran into Kevin Harlan at a bar in Wisconsin a few years ago. Have I, I told you this? Nope. I need it right now, though. OK, so. You know how sometimes people in sports and media, I can, I can just tell you this, like having been in locker rooms as a beat writer and just mm-hmm. you and I have been around press box enough that at least 50% of people, athletes and media members that you watch from afar and maybe idolize or whatever, like when you meet them, it's a gigantic mm-hmm. letdown, mm-hmm. Which, which might be the case with any, it's not just a sports thing. Um, Kevin Harlan, the opposite. I've yep. never met him in person. We've had him on radio interviews and stuff. Never met him in person. One of my best friends. Uh, they've got family in, in Door County, Wisconsin, which is where Kevin vacations. I think he has family from there. Okay. But Kevin uh, Kevin Harlan vacations in like Door County, Wisconsin for the off season of like two months that whatever it is, it's like a month or two in the in the summertime before football season. And uh, so my buddy, you know, they have, everyone's having a good time. They're at uh, the local bar in Sister Bay and um, – <laughs> My buddy sees Kevin Harlan sitting at the bar. He's like, wow, that's Kevin Harlan. I'm a huge, I grew up on 90s Timberwolves. I'm going to walk over. And so he walks over, hey, Mr. Harlan, I don't mean to bother you. But I just wanted to say that you're the reason why I became a huge Timberwolves fan. I can remember in some of those blowout losses, how entertaining you made the games. And, and Kevin like turns his whole body. Really? Oh, that's great to meet a great to meet a fellow Timberwolves fan. And I think at the time there were some Andrew Wiggins trade rumors. And like, there was like a oh, Kyrie yeah. thing out there. He's like, what do you think is going to happen with Wiggins? What would you do if you like, do you think they're going to trade him? Do you think they should trade Wiggins? And they're just having like a reckless speculation basketball conversation <laughs> at the bar. Like usually you would say hi quick and then he would say hi and then shoo you away. But he like yeah. literally just engaged for <laughs> like 10 minutes. And, so, I don't, you know, it's probably, probably worth saying this, but that's I know we talk a lot about them on this show because I think the broadcast is always really good. But when they were out here last year in Portland, uh, like I went out for dinner with Grady and Alan and Jim and stuff and they are. I think it's a great point, and it applies to not only people you listen to, people you follow, celebrities, athletes, friends, whatever, colleagues, that they're just different sometimes when you actually meet them, and these guys aren't. Uh, and that's what I love about them, and that's why I, I 
promote them and champion them is because I think Grady and Jim do a great job entertaining me for three hours, three to four nights a week. But I also think they are literally the type of guys that would want to hang out with you and have a beer and ask you, like, what do you think the Wolves should do with the trade deadline? So good people, great at their jobs, uh, much better at their jobs than we probably are at ours. Right. We're just a couple idiots on microphones. I echo everything you just said about uh, the current Wolves broadcast crew. They're awesome people in person, exactly what you would think watching them on TV. I think uh, with all this nostalgia, it's a good segue into a random wolf of the week here. But let's shout out a couple friends before we bring Roscoe in here. Uh, First, our friends at Modest Brewing. So, hey, the Wolves are back home after a four-game road trip. You got a home game against Portland on Friday, another home game against the Clippers on Sunday. And just a few steps down the street from the Target Center is Modest Brewing, a great tap room in the North Loop. You've got cans also available throughout liquor stores in the metro, but it's a great spot to grab a beer before a Wolves game. So stop in maybe Friday before the Portland game or Sunday before the Clippers game. Uh, you're going to be back in town maybe in like a month or two, so we yep. will definitely be taking you to Modest to get a couple couple sips of a lager of your choice, Kyle. Yeah, we're uh, firmly entrenched in wet January, uh, my new creation, because we're done not drinking. So wet January, we'll go to Modest Brewery. Is there like a moderately damp January where maybe you just have like a glass of wine on a Friday? Or I already feel like that was taken out of context, but I will just say I'm back on the mend and it feels <laughs> great. No more comments on that. <laughs> Moist January. Uh, modestbrewing.com. That's modestbrewing.com. Also, let's shout out our friends at Zero Res 2. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're being honest, I bet you of, of all the Flagrant House listeners out there, a pretty embarrassing percentage have never had their home or their carpets or their air ducts deep cleaned. And that's okay. Because that's where Zero Res comes in with their 4.9 out of 5 star rating on Google. 17,000 reviews, by the way. So it's a pretty good sample size. Uh, you can get three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $119 when you ask for the Score North Special. Also $75 off when you get your air ducts clean. 952 Res or com. Say you want the Score North Special. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero Res. All right, Ross. Come on in here. Let's it's do it. time hey, boys, for a doing. random wolf of the week, man. Good. We're doing pretty good. Thirsty. Two, Let's he, get it. two words, three points. That was the best call of the night from Grady. It's so also, I said this I said this to Dane, but Ross, you listened to the whole game, right? I, I know did. Watched, yep. Yep. Almost there all was game. a there was a Jalen Brown three that ignited the crowd late in the game. The Boston Garden went crazy. The Wolves came down and had the ball, hit a silencer of a three. And I don't want to put exact words in their mouth, but I, I swear I thought Jim said shut up. Like he was so into the he was like, yeah, let's like they yeah. were so into it. And that's the passion <laughs> and all the other stuff and the knowledge that just makes that such a great listen. But oh yeah. Two words, three points is uh God. Bill Simmons, his tweet talks about felt like a finals game. That's exactly what I thought it felt like. Thousand percent. In which I said this Timberwolf Celtics finals is gonna be straight fire. Dude, so let's, if, it, uh, if it happens, it'll be the it'll be the, the the Kevin McHale the Kevin McHale finals. Let's talk it into existence because that would be fun. So here's how the random wolf of the week works. Ross throws out a series of clues. Kyle and I can jump in and just shout out guesses whenever we want to. If one of us hits a third incorrect guess, it means we are eliminated and the other person gets the win by default. So Kyle has five wins. I have two. Uh, the last handful of random wolves are Shane Heal, Omri Caspi, Bobby Jackson, and Sebastian Telfair. 
Who did so we I have last week again that you hit? Shane Heal. Shane Heal. Okay. You and I were both equally as like odd and impressed by each other's latest victories. I got Shane Heal after like two and a half clues, but you got Omri Caspi, period. So yeah. yeah. We'll see what Ross has for us today. How much more obscure can Ross get? And I told you uh, in pre-production, this one is a little obscure. So that is a hint for you guys. So just be thinking about that. Ross, we just did Shane Heal. I don't think it gets any more (laughs) obscure than that. Uh, Less obscure, I believe, than Shane Heal. Are you boys ready? Let's get it. Okay, here we go. No Googling. This, don't Google, use your noodle. This Wolf of the Week was born the same year the Minnesota Twins won their second World Series. Boy, hopefully Kyle doesn't know Twins history. Yeah, I don't. I just know they historically don't sign players. Or he doesn't know math. Either either one could come. I was alive, though, I think. Okay, keep going. Yeah, this Wolf of the Week born the same year the Minnesota Twins won their second World Series. Your second clue, this Wolf of the Week has not appeared in the NBA since playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Side note, how many last team? <laughs> Side note, how many players are on that list? Oh, it's a graveyard. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> gotta, yeah, I mean, Shane Heal, right? This is where you come <laughs> to die, baby. Or no, he no Shane came back. He, came back. he was yeah, resurrected for six games with the Spurs. <laughs> All right, so that was your second. It hasn't appeared in the NBA since playing for the Timberwolves. This Wolf of the Week was once an NBA D-League all-rookie first-team player. All right? NBA D-League all-rookie first-team player. Yes. So old school, it wasn't even the G-League. Let's follow that up with this Wolf of the Week was once an NBA D-League all-star. So he's really good in the D-League is what we're surmising. Basically... Basically, uh, Luca Garza before Luca Garza was Luca Garza. Okay, that's a hint. Here you go, uh, Kyle. You'll love this one. You love these ones. This Wolf of the Week played in just 18 games for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just 18 games. All right. How you feeling, boys? Hold on. Hold on. Um, this I is hate a that really this this is starting is, to be good for Phil. I'm this, look at Matt. Look this at Matt. Headed toward a really obscure period of Wolves basketball, <laughs> just based on like the clues you've given so far. Good old Macadac. You can see the hamster wheel turning. Kyle, I think, looks a little lost still. I was intimidated just, when Kyle got the first four of these correct instantly, and then Omri Caspi. But then, like, my confidence came back with Shane Heal. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, the Paul's algorithm like a little was intimidated by me or <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Jackson, Jackson got you one. rolling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. All right. I'll move on to the next one. Okay. This wolf of the week spent the bulk of his NBA career playing in the state of Texas. Okay. Spent the bulk of his career, NBA career, playing in the state of Texas. God, there's so many teams in Texas, it's ridiculous. I hate guessing. I, I know after three guesses you lose, but I'm going to throw one out. Okay. I think he's got it. He's going to get it. No, I'm like 40%. Is it Troy Daniels? It is not Troy Daniels. I was going to quit this show. If, if you, <laughs> which no, because the I, audience, Half the audience is like, yes, well, get Mackie off this show. I'm going to write this down because I think Troy Daniels only played like 
twenty some games for the Timberwolves. I don't know his G League stats, but uh, okay, I'm one strike. I, was, I get it. I was going to quit putting these together if you <laughs> this Wolf of the Week played college basketball in the Western Athletic Conference. The Western Athletic Conference. Oh. Oh my God. Phil, good old Macadac. He's on it, Kyle. You better get going. I know, I'm here. still struggling with the second it's World Series old. because I I know they won the Twins won their second World Series in my lifetime, but I don't know if we're saying that year or the other year. So anyway, I keep going. I'm just having a problem <laughs> with myself. This Wolf of the Week played for both the Houston Rockets and Dallas Mavericks prior to joining the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's kind of a follow-up on what we said, but just or, or what I said earlier, but just to clear it up. This Wolf of the Week played for the Houston Rockets and Dallas Mavericks prior to joining the Minnesota Timberwolves. The eight, there's so many players going through my head, but they all played like way more than 18 games with the Wolves. That's what's the the only playing 18 games is like 10 years bleak. ago or whenever it was is. Yeah, it's like again, it's like this a, that's one's like two 10 day contracts. This one's obscure and I know it. This Wolf of the Week was a bulldog in college. Meaning okay. his team's name was yeah. the Bulldogs. Yep. Oh, God, God. <laughs> I'm having a meltdown. Phil, you almost took words right out of my mouth. This, this Wolf of the Week signed a 10-day contract yeah. with the Minnesota Timberwolves in March of 2016. This is where it's going to turn back towards Kyle. He's good. At this oh. I know because he, he know he knows these like random Omri Caspies. Yeah, I think Kyle has the Wolves transaction log for basically ever just catched yeah. in his brain. Ross, my brain is either helpful things that I could do to make myself a better husband, and it just gets glossed over by who was on the Wolves' 2014 roster. <laughs> so again, this Wolf of the Week signed a 10-day contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves in March of 2016. Here March you go, again. Oh my god. A clue that's kind of geared towards what Phil was talking about out loud, if you're ready for it. After signing... A second 10-day contract, this Wolf of the Week would finally sign a contract for the remainder of the 2016 season. Oh, my God. Is it him? No. Uh, the, people are screaming right now into their cars. I, I, almost, I almost guessed Blake Stepp, but that's too early. It's not, that's not going to be an official guess. Blake, because he was, Blake Stepp, all-time great name. Yeah. I think closely related to Creed frontman Scott Stapp. Mm. Really bad joke. <laughs> okay. Well, I only got one more clue for you, and somebody's going to take this clue right away. Yeah. I was probably a little light. I was I was thinking that Kyle <laughs> was going to drill this one right away. This is this is an error on me. I'm going to give myself a point though. If you guys don't get it, I f okay. Go ahead. Okay. Are you guys ready? No, no. You got to make up more clues. I got to make up more clues. Okay. Oh, dude, yeah. You got. You have to give us clues until we get it. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, let me pull up a page here. <laughs> yeah. This is... This I mean, is. You, you're, you're literally going to have to start going like... I have no idea where to start with this. Like, I know... Initials. <laughs> give us your well, give guess, us your last clue first. Well, no, because no, the last clue you'll get... Uh, this, this could actually be a lot of Timberwolves. I could think of a lot off of my head. Initials... G.S. The initials for this Wolf of the Week are G.S. I feel like okay, I Okay, well, I mean, 
spell the name out for you. Wait, 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 wait. Phil, so you, okay. inter- so you can interrupt me at any time, but I, I'm cooking up a guess right now. It, well, if you guess anyone that has a GS, you're probably going to get it. Can you, can you, <laughs> you can ask, I can, you said 10 days, 2016? Not, yeah, and I got plenty more for you. Oh my, I don't know what, uh, Greg Smith? The, the final clue was too easy. That's correct. Okay. What? I don't know if I know Greg. half of the things you said, but GS. I was Who's covering. Greg Smith? I think I was writing I'm, about the Wolves that year, so I remember <laughs> writing about 10 I'm, Day Guys, but I don't know what he looks like, or I don't know anything about him. I just, GS helped. Greg Smith? No, I'm I, have gonna, to, I have to go look this up. I'm going to put this one on me. I did have a few more backup clues I was pulling up, but here's your final clue that you guys You know, you, know you can use, like, you can use Kevin Garnett, you know? I know. You can just, you can I just know. disguise here's, the clues here's, more. Here is the thing, okay? I have a process, and the process keeps, <laughs> oh, it's just, it's pulled obscure ones out the last three no this was good so greg smith (laughs) born in 91 twins world series um played for fresno state and then he played with the rio grande valley vipers the houston rockets the dallas mavericks that was your texas stat yeah um man though i don't know much else about him you could have given me a thousand (laughs) guesses i have no idea who greg smith is he played for gonzaga right i had or no fresno state fresno Fresno state State, yeah yeah I also do want to point out the same algorithm that's given a few obscure ones in a row did also give us Antoine Walker, J.J. Berea, Sebastian okay. Telfair, and Bobby Jackson. So I'm using the same algorithm. It's just given us some I, obscure ones lately. I mean, I would, fi- you I guys would, okay. would have nailed this. Here's this clue. Yeah, you would have this nailed one. this. Although very similar sounding names, this wolf of the week is not to be confused with former Minnesota Timberwolf Craig Smith. Craig Smith. Okay. Yeah. Who's I'm also super obscure, and most people who consume this podcast don't even know who Craig Smith is. Probably. GS, that's my uh, father in law's initial. So I also had, I, that, I'm not going to take a point for that. That might be 5 no, no, 2 no, 1. You get a point. I think you Ross get a point. deserves it. I begged Ross no, to basically show no, me a picture no, of this guy. No, if anything, I deserve ridicule because the clues were too dark. And you couldn't figure out who it was. So I, you know what? For the next ten seconds, you guys just say the meanest I thing you possibly I can will. about me. I think there should be a rule in this segment here, and we have this. We okay. have this oh, for the most part. Go. It's kind of unspoken on Purple Daily that the player that's featured, at least five to ten percent of the audience, has to have heard who that player is before, or could have some working knowledge. Craig wow. Smith had a Craig Smith we, had a solid think, career. Do we think? Ten percent of this audience knows who Greg Sm- Greg Smith Timberwolf is. Classic Comment. millennial just changing all the rules yeah. now because he didn't if win. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know if you know who Greg Smith is. Greg Smith, okay. Wikipedia. I do remember this moment. He made his debut for the Timberwolves on March second, twenty sixteen. He signed a ten day contract with the Wolves. He debuted later that night. I remember the transaction happened. They didn't even have like a jersey form. 10498 loss to the Wizards. He had four points, one rebound, one assist. Wow, Everyone was like, this is Greg. awesome. And that's how the Timberwolves used to be. And that's why we embrace them today because we don't even <laughs> sign 10 days. Nah, we barely dude, no play the guys I, that are drafted. I thought for sure you were going to say they didn't have a jersey for him. So he wore crunches 101.3 KDWB <laughs> <laughs> jersey. He took Cole Aldridge because he was still getting paid. Good stuff, so, Ross. All right. So there Phil, it is. That's I'm Ky- sorry. Kyle's back in the win column. That one's on me. Kyle. No, you guys are good stuff. You guys, you guys and your Greg Smith 
<laughs> Your Greg Smith memories. Oh, All right. You know what? You calm down. You got Shane Heal. You calm down. That was over so there. crazy. Is Shane Heal more obscure than Greg Smith? Shane Heal is the most obscure name I've ever heard, but he sounds like a great guy. Girl oh, dad. Man. All right. That's a wrap on Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. See you guys.